a pre-preview of the national championship coming right at you here on the College Football Daily. Good morning. This Thursday, January 6th. My name is Trey Scott. We've got, of course, a few more days to preview Monday's national championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Georgia is currently a two and a half point favorite, despite the fact the Bulldogs lost 41 to 24 to the Tide a month ago. And uh, we will do on, on Monday, on Monday morning, we'll have something in your feed on the game, of course. But we wanted to spend this week, we've, we've been covering the transfer portal, which has been insane. We've been covering the latest news. We've done some exit interviews with, with uh, the, the teams who have lost in the playoff, and we'll have another one of those for you tomorrow, probably. We wanted to make sure, though, that we weren't forgetting about the big game. So what we are doing today is we are chopping up five-minute clips of the latest podcast episodes from the Junkyard Dogcast with um, Jake Rowe and Kip Adams and the Bill by Bama Online podcast with Travis Ryer to break down the keys to the game in the experts' own words. We're going to start with Georgia. Jake Rowe will be the first voice you'll hear, and then Kip Adams will get in there, too. They're going to start talking about how Georgia flipped the the expectations of any game plan Michigan might have had in the Orange Bowl on either side of the trenches and what that might mean against Bryce Young in the rematch because, as you know, Bryce Young went off against Georgia a few weeks ago and, and won the Heisman against the Bulldogs, uh, completed 26 of 44 attempts for 421 yards and three touchdowns. Georgia could not touch him. That would be a big key on Monday. I didn't really expect Michigan to come out and wreck the game, but I felt like that was their shot. And uh, Georgia just dominated uh, on the edges. Aiden Hutchinson did some things. I mean, he, he got some pressure and, and did some things, but you know, David Ajabo did nothing. And, uh, and, you know, then, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, basically, you know, was a shell of what he was against Ohio State and some other really good teams. And uh, that's what allowed Georgia to get where it got. And, and then you put, the, put everything else into to play. And, and the, one, the number one thing that I take away from it was when you look at production, when you look at the play, Georgia had the best two edge rushers on the football field that day. Uh, Nolan Smith and, and Trayvon Walker. Uh, had tremendous games. They were very impactful. They had double-digit pressures. They had a couple of sacks, should have had more. Nolan Smith had a, had a forced fumble. Trayvon Walker had a tone-setting block take-on that went viral. I mean, you look at it you know, a million different ways. Georgia had the best two defensive end outside linebacker edge players in that game. And, and uh, Kip, I think that's a good segue to this game because when we start talking about Georgia-Alabama, that's the number one key for me. It's not, hey, who's going to cover Jamison Williams? Georgia can commit resources without John Mechie, as heartbreaking as that is that he's not going to play, and I really hate it for the kid uh, because him and Jamison Williams and Will Anderson and Brian Robinson and Bryce Young are five of my favorite players to watch. You don't get to really talk about it if you cover Georgia. I don't get to talk about how much I love to watch all these different guys because I, I'm not going to be a homer about it. I'm not going to be one of these guys that's like, oh, well, he's man crushing on this guy for Georgia. I love watching Brock Bowers play. But when I talk about other teams, there are certain guys that I have a lot of respect for, and I just named all of them off for Alabama because they're all studs and really good players. But with John Mechie not in the fold, I think Georgia can commit some resources and, and kind of keep Jamison Williams at bay. But can they get pressure on Bryce Young? And it's going to come down to, like Kirby Smart said yesterday, keep winning those one-on-one matchups. Definitely. I mean, that's the key. Uh, quarterback pressure on both sides is, is going to dictate this game. I mean, getting to Bryce Young is, 
I mean, it's a tall order. I think we saw that, you know, Alabama's offensive line, that was kind of that one question mark we had going into the SC championship game. And, I mean, they, their offensive line stepped up, played at an elite level, and they're still playing at an elite level. I know that, you know, they had some guys banked up, but I expect those guys to be healthy. And so I, I think that is, is where the onus has to be for Dan Lanning in this defense is, you know, we're going to have to – to do more than we did uh, in that SC championship game. And I mean, go back to what worked for them, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the year and, and, and what worked for other teams. And there, there was film out there of how teams were able to, to get to Bryce young and, and, and to pressure him. And I think that's just, that is going to be paramount as Georgia going back and saying, what we tried to do did not work. We have to make actual changes. And then on the opposite side, you know, I think we know that Stetson Bennett performs well uh, when he's relatively clean in the pocket, when he's able to to see everything comfortably. They're going to have to be able to continue to. It's not just Will Anderson. I mean, it's Fedarian Mathis. It's DJ Dale. It's it's also uh, Dallas Turner. I mean, he's he's coming off back to back. I think games with the sack as well. So he's a guy, a, a young guy for them that also has uh, a lot of pass rush ability. A guy that. Georgia heavily recruited was probably their their top edge target in, in that class as well. So I think again the offensive line play for both teams and and again how each team tries to scheme whether simulated pressure or actual pressure in this game is going to dictate the outcome. Everything else, I mean, everything else matters, but I think that's going to be the main storyline that that shows us who emerges as victorious in this national championship game. All right, thank you, Jake. Thank you, Kip. It seems like the John Mechie injury is going to loom large over this game. And the other thing that's going to loom large here for Alabama is the mindset. I wonder what they think about beating a team 41 to 24. And then just mere weeks later, come out again as an underdog. Talk about rat poison. So Travis Ryer is going to dive in 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 this clip we're sharing with you right now. He's going to dive into the mindset of playing Georgia again and look back at what the mindset was a few weeks ago and how that game played out. And then he's going to dive into the specific matchups as well. And then it's clear from the Alabama side that they want to attack Georgia's secondary. Georgia's entire defense is absurdly good. But if there is a weakness by virtue of the front seven being so good, the the secondary is. So Bryce Young, once again, has got to put up some numbers to beat Georgia. Here's Travis Ryer. Yes, Alabama was motivated by being the underdog. And it wasn't just that Alabama was the underdog, as you might recall. It was that more than a few folks out there whose opinions are widely distributed didn't just think Georgia was going to win the game in Atlanta. There was so much talk about this being a blowout. Alabama was not going to be able to compete. So certainly... There was motivation for Alabama from that perspective. But where was all that motivation when Georgia got out to a 10-0 lead? You know, the game was about a month ago, and it's amazing how revisionist history can take hold on a game played just a month ago and how we're told now, you would think anyway, that Alabama just from the start came out, blew the doors off of Georgia. Georgia just wasn't into it. And so that's kind of how it went. Georgia was up 10 nothing. Georgia looked plenty motivated. To me, up 10 nothing in front of 
a crowd that was tilted in the Bulldogs' favor. And Alabama, as it has done throughout this seven-game win streak now over Georgia, was composed, didn't lose its cool, stayed the course, and proceeded to go on a 38-7 run. That's how I remember the game. Maybe I just got it all wrong. You know, Georgia just wasn't motivated. Alabama, think about it this way. Alabama snuck up on Georgia. <laughs> think about that. Think about how dumb that sounds. Alabama had won six straight over Georgia. Alabama is the premier, premier program in college football. You're playing for the SEC championship. You're playing for a perfect season if you're Georgia. And you just couldn't, you couldn't find the gas? Come on. I mean, it wasn't like Georgia was coming off of 96 Nebraska the previous week either, okay? Alabama was coming off a triple overtime game against Auburn on the road. Whereas Georgia had it in cruise control by the second quarter against Georgia Tech right up the street from Athens. Uh, and we're going to still hear it, though. We're going to still hear it. Here's something else to consider, too. And I've said this on multiple occasions. I said it last year after the debacle defensively in Oxford. Alabama won that game, what, 63-48 to 48 against Ole Miss? And all the Alabama fans, because Georgia was up next. And it's just, this is going to be, and my whole thing in the lead-up to that Georgia game was different week, different style of play. And Georgia offensively ain't Ole Miss or Jeff Levy. Arc Lane Kiffin, there's not going to be tempo, you know. There's not going to be that type of stuff that you get from Lane Kiffin and specifically Jeff Lebby. And sure enough, Alabama looked like a different defense because styles make fights. And stylistically, you know, Alabama's built in a way where it can play either way. It can play wide open if you want to, but it is very comfortable in playing a style of game that really Georgia has to play. Georgia is not at a point yet as a program where it can do it either way like Alabama can. Not against a team like Alabama anyway. And so it starts with the Alabama offensive line and that Georgia front seven. Now Georgia's pass rush is going to have to be a lot better this time around. And we can talk about Mechie, and I'm, I'm on that side of it with John Mechie's absence being critical for Alabama. But if Georgia doesn't get more pass rush this time around? Yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks can get open against this Georgia secondary. Trayshawn Holden, Javon Baker, they can all get open. This isn't Georgia secondary even from a year ago, as we saw the first time around. Slade Bolden can get open against this secondary. The tight ends can get open. So that's where it's going to start as much as anything. You know, and I think Alabama defensively is built in a way and playing in a way right now where it matches up pretty well with Georgia. And I'm talking about specifically the safety and sub-package guys. DeMarco Hellams, Jordan Battle, both had huge games against Georgia in round one. They're going to need to do it again. Brian Branch, I thought, played well. I know you look at Brock Bowers' numbers from that game, you go, man, he lit people up. Well, yeah, Brock Bowers had a hell of a game. But it wasn't easy. If you saw Brock Bowers coming off the field there in the fourth quarter after his drop on fourth down, that dude had been through it. They made Brock Bowers earn it, and he did. 
Give him all the credit in the world. But can Georgia on the outside hurt Alabama? And I'm talking about those corners, McKinstry. I'm talking about Jackson. I'm talking about perhaps Armour Davis. You know, George Pickens. Is he going to run more than one or two routes in this game? Maybe he will. Lad McConkey, speed guy, can get deep against man coverage, especially if you get him against a slot corner. Jermaine Burton, you saw it against Michigan. He can hit you for some explosives. You can formation in a way if you're Georgia where you get James Cook lined up on maybe a linebacker like the dogs did in Tuscaloosa in 2020. Now, Georgia is good enough. Georgia is plenty good enough to win this game. But I think the biggest question is going to be is when the kind of adversity that typically hits teams in a game like this comes about, will they be able to handle it? Because they haven't. All right. Thank you, Travis. So that does it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. I think the keys are very clear here. Georgia will have to hold the line versus Bama's front seven, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, the others. Because Bama will definitely try to heat up Stetson Bennett and get to him before he can pick on a depleted secondary that is walking wounded a little bit. Josh Jobs out for the season, as Travis mentioned. Jalen Armour Davis, the health hasn't been great for him the last few weeks. So can they get to Stetson before he gets to them? That'll be big. And then, of course, you know Bama, and I mentioned it earlier, Bryce Young's going to try to do it again. And someone's going to have to step up without with John Mechie out. Maybe Jaleel Billingsley makes his first true real appearance of the 2021 season. That would be huge for Alabama. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will be back on Friday for an exit interview with Michigan. What is next for the Wolverines and what's what should we read into with the Jim Harbaugh rumors? And then on Monday, we will do a super preview of Alabama versus Georgia part two or part four, whatever this is in the Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban rivalry. Our producers, Lance Flynn. My name is Trey Scott. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Friday. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.